WWE SmackDown, April 10th, as seen and heard on USA Network. Therefore, Daniel Bryan will face... WWE SmackDown, April 10th, as seen and heard on WWE.com. Therefore, Daniel Bryan will face... first verse. If anybody's looking for a new co-host for any radio <laughs> show, I'm available. Good evening, wrestling fans, entertainment fans, this is Anthony of wrestling-news.com. I want to thank you very much for listening tonight. Oh, how I had no idea that the wrestling world was filled with atheists. Dixie, you are forgiven. Hi, I'm Kermit D. Frog. I am the new GM for Raw. NXT! NXT! Yay! Get the fuck out of here. Go into the TNA Impact Zone with one of those metal detector wands. And when Hogan comes out to cut his promo and he's doing the guitar, just turn the fucking thing on. <laughs> Since youngins do listen, some of your youngins out there do listen, I think it's a little bit too inappropriate to be using the word cunt on this show. People out there, remind me in a little while the word Hindu. That's how the shows go. If you're new to the show, whatever comes to my mind, that's what I say. <laughs> uh, total non-stop Anthony That's what you got tonight Total non-stop Anthony Total non-stop Anthony Total non-stop I don't know man I know that it's wrong To blame WWE for this And I'm not But I gotta just say it Point blank The more WWE publicly boasts to the world how inclusive they are. Blacks, whites, straight, gay, bisexual, trisexual, Muslim, Puerto Rican, Spanish, Japanese, Chinese, Indonesian. The more that they publicly boast how inclusive they are, the higher the toxic atmosphere is in the wrestling community. 
I got to be honest with you, I have not seen ever levels of the racism and hatred and bigotry that is going on in the world of pro wrestling as far as fans go. And I know some of the haters are going to hear this and they refuse to look in the mirror and question their own comments, their own accusations. And hey, some of you real hardcore haters out there, I don't know why the fuck you're listening, but some of the real hardcore haters out there right now are listening this to this and saying, the fuck are you to talk? Oh, I have a lot of things to say today. But first, the formalities. Welcome, everyone, to this edition of Breakfast with Blossie. I am Don Tony, as always, and I want to thank you very much for listening. Right now, it is Thursday, April 12th. I'm one day late of doing Breakfast with Blasi, and there's some good reasons. First off, I was working in the office until really late yesterday. Not only do I do insurance, but I also do taxes for a living. You know, as long as it's, you know, standard 1040s, you can itemize, just no crazy shit. So real life, real work got in the way yesterday. Not only that, I really think I needed to rest my voice a little bit more. I don't know if anybody realizes, but last week we did two and a half hours at a DTKC show, did three hours of This Week in Wrestling History, did two hours, two and a half hours of Breakfast Soup, then did another three and a half hours of This Week in Wrestling History, then did the WrestleMania recap, then did the Don, Tony, and Kevin Castle show, all in a seven-day span. So my voice was really, really starting to strain, and I think this extra 24 hours helped it quite a bit, much to the dismay of some of you out there. But uh, I want to thank you very much for listening, as always, and shout-out to everyone on Patreon as well. Congratulations once again to our winners, Selvan, uh, Jason Allen, Sean DiPasquale, and Sam from Detroit. And once again, if you like what we do and you want to support the shows, keep the lights on, help us keep these shows free, patreon.com slash Don Tony. I will be doing shout outs a little bit later. And as I'm doing this, I'm getting uh, text messages. I'm on my lunch hour right now. You see, every week, whether it's breakfast soup or breakfast with Blasi, I go home for lunch. And instead of having lunch, I do the show for everybody out there. And I really needed to get into something right away. Bobby Lashley. And I tell you, man, I'm kind of glad at the discussion that Kevin and I had Monday about Bobby Lashley. All two minutes and 10 seconds of it. Two minutes and 10 seconds. Probably longer of a discussion than the amount of fucking time that Bobby Lashley was on our television screen. Bobby Lashley makes his return to WWE. Funny thing is, on the Don, Tony, and Kevin Castle show slash Wrestling Soup recap from Sunday, we talked about Bobby Lashley a little bit. Didn't say anything bad about the guy. We just talked about him. So Monday, on the DTKC show, we talked about his return to WWE. He shows up, hits the move on Elias, segment over. Now, I totally understand when a lot of you comment about our clips, especially on YouTube. You're commenting about the show. You're not commenting specifically about me sometimes or Kev. And uh, some of you mix us up, you know, saying, you know, look at Don Tony fucking, you know, this, this and that, saying that Elias is buried. I never fucking said that. 
I have been saying all along, I, I debate my co-host repeatedly. We are on opposite ends of the st- spectrum in a lot of ways. From Roman Reigns to Elias to everyone else, we debate. We have a difference of opinion. I said specifically, I see nothing wrong with what went down with Elias on Monday. The guy's not getting buried. I've been also telling everyone, relax. What do you want? WWE to blow their load with Elias last year? Give him some type of momentum as far as wins and the matches and people start really starting to anticipate the title run. And then he gets lost in the shuffle for WrestleMania and a little bit after because of Roman Reigns, because of Braun Strowman, because of Finn Balor, Seth Rollins, AJ Styles. There's a lot of people that Elias has to overtake to basically get that status. So all I've been saying for the last seven months is let 2018 be the year of Elias and many others 2017 let him tread water let him do his segments let him play the guitar let him have incidents where he gets punked out here and there so everybody that you know saying ADT you know what the fuck are you crazy about it no I never said that but I really want to focus on Bobby Lashley today because I got to be honest with a lot of you out there. And if it was only like two, three, 10, 20 people, I wouldn't give a shit. Because there's whack jobs that listen to wrestling shows. There's whack jobs that are wrestling fans. There's whack jobs in every aspect of entertainment and politics. There's always going to be whack jobs. There's always going to be trolls. And there's always going to be people that really want to just spew hate. But when I see droves and droves and droves of people doing this, that's when I have to address it. And the one thing that I have to repeat the same thing that I have said for 20 goddamn years, from hotlines to podcasts to today, for 20 goddamn years, I've been doing this shit since 1998, since day one. I have said what I do is an opinion show. I express my views. I express my opinions. All right. We have many differences of opinion. There are wrestlers that I like. There are wrestlers that you dislike. And I'm just sticking to wrestling because I know, you know, I do shows with sports and politics, stuff like that too. But for the most part, this episode is strictly wrestling. So it is opinion. I fucking refuse, without a shadow of a doubt, will not, never, ever, ever, fucking ever, am I going to support a wrestler, praise a wrestler, like a wrestler, because many of you out there do so as well. I know there's a lot of podcasts out there that role play, that they'll, you you remember, and I'm sorry for always, you know, singling out Joe Cronin, because he wasn't saying this intentional like he said anything wrong but i brought this up twice already and i'm going to do it again right now there's a a loyal friend of the show patron courtney summers looking into possibly doing her own podcast and she was asking all of us advice and joe basically wrote publicly you know be consistent and i really took offense to that because i said wait a minute if you're true to your feelings if you are honest in how you express yourself, how you feel about something, whether it's popular or unpopular, you will always be consistent. You know when people have to think about consistency? 
when they're putting up a front and they're not true to their own beliefs. And they do it because they know they'll get more hits for it. They know that they'll get more likes. They may get a couple of additional listens. And some people pussy out on their feelings because they're afraid of the backlash. I've said this for a very, very long time. If you're going to do a podcast, no matter how big or how small it is, you have to have some type of uh, thick skin. You have to grow it. And it's sad because I have done shows over the years with people where I'll see someone very passionate about their view on something, and then I'll bring it up on a show or an episode or a guest appearance, and I'll bring up the same topic, and the person pussies out. Because I guess they're it's obvious they're afraid of the backlash. Now, don't get me wrong. There is nothing wrong with evolving on your feelings over the years. There were times where I did not like a wrestler and then became a big fan of this. Jinder Mahal is a great example. Jinder Mahal I've been defending forever, for the last year. And I've been criticized, lambasted, ripped apart. I even said he was the comeback wrestler of the year. I supported him, and I got criticized for the majority of you out there, but that's fine. If we have a difference of opinion, that's fine. But where I see this getting out of control is this racist bullshit. And this is not just Don Tony talking right now. This is Anthony de Blasi, human being. All right? Just regular person talking to all of you out there right now. I'm sorry. When I saw Bobby Lashley come out on Monday... All right. Even when he's been in TNA, and I'm not going to deny it, he has been a an, an important part of TNA. Absolutely. But Bobby Lashley showing up on Monday, all I said on our episode Monday is that right now I'm indifferent about Bobby Lashley. Do you understand the definition of indifferent? I have nothing bad to say about the guy. I have nothing good to say about the guy. I want to see more in WWE. I don't give a shit what he did in TNA anymore because how someone is handled in WWE could be completely different. Look at Austin Aries, for example. Austin Aries, before he came to WWE, look at the way he was handled. He came into WWE... Me and many others out there thought that this guy next to Neville was going to be the focal point of the, of the cruiserweight division. We criticized this shit on how they used him last year and how he lost match after match after match after match. Okay, he's going to finally get he's going to get this one against Neville, and he lost. Then he gets the match with Neville. Well, he's going to get this one, and he lost, and he lost, and he lost. Just because someone is used a certain way in NXT doesn't mean they're going to be used the certain same way in WWE or even better. Same thing goes when someone goes from TNA to WWE, Lucha Underground, Ring of Honor, or anywhere else. I don't pay attention anymore to what they did before coming to WWE because we don't know what's going to happen now. So all I said on Monday is that I currently am indifferent about Lashley. Go on YouTube. I can't tell you how many times the racist card was thrown out there. I don't like him because he's black. I'm sick and tired of these white podcasters always putting down black people. I can't tell you how many times people fucking wrote. And it's not, again, it's not just a couple of people. You you see droves. I'm sick and tired of these fucking racist Don Tony and Kevin Castle always putting down black wrestlers. Do you fucking listen to this show? 
from Big E to Mark Henry across the board. I didn't, I used to dislike Naomi. I thought she got no, remember I got no crowd poppy yet. And then she turned it around and we praise her. This idea that we criticize and rip a majority of the black wrestlers in WWE is bullshit. It's flat out bullshit. All right. I have said many times that I'm not a big fan of Cedric Alexander. He hasn't clicked with the crowd. You know, I mean, I've made jokes about, you know, his crowd reaction has been piss poor and people have noticed it. But I've also gone out of my way to say over and over and over again, the guy has got insane amounts of ability. But because I don't like or I'm not a big fan of someone who is black or different descent, I am labeled a racist. Kevin Castle is labeled a racist. Other podcasts are labeled as racist. And I'm going to say this point blank. And I, you got to understand, I'm not triggered. All right. Cause I know that's the, you know, the end thing to do triggered to me when you say that to podcasters is like what some wrestlers used to say on the internet in interviews 20 years ago. Oh, that's just someone in their basement and they've never put on a lace, the, the wrestling boots at all. You know, I mean, it's just, I still do my shows. It's just, I'm you de- de- dedicating some time to talk about this. So I don't need your, and that's another thing. I, you know, I wrote on YouTube yesterday. I don't need your support. I don't need your listens. And then I stopped and I thought to myself last night, why are they listening to our show in the first place? If we're that deeply racist, as you say, why are you tuning in? Then it hit me. It hit me like a ton of bricks. A lot of you out there, and I, and I'm and look, it's probably two, three percent of our whole audience, maybe five percent of our whole audience. All right. But a lot of you out there really, really need to take a step back, look in the mirror and ask yourself if you people out there are the ones who are racist. And I know some of you out there are fucking flipping out right now and saying, what the hell are you talking about this and that? Look, I crack jokes on these shows all the time. Yeah. Sometimes I go, you know, a little over the, over the line, in this day and age, because we're in a PC world and everything like that. But the one thing that is always absent in what we do on these shows is hatred. We joke about Cedric every time, every time I get the call, no one reacts to me at all. Every time I get the call, there is no hatred. There is not an ounce of hatred. We crack jokes. All right. We don't crack jokes because someone is black or someone is Muslim or someone is gay or someone is this. All I know is that so many of you out there that are complaining right now, you are the ones who see color all the time. You are the ones who see sexual orientation all the time. You are the ones who see gender all the time. I swear on a stack of Bibles, on my mother who is sick as fuck, and my father, my relationship, everybody listening to the show, I swear on God. When Bobby Lashley came out on Monday, I did not for once look at him and think to myself, black person. His color did not enter my mind, but it entered a lot of your minds because I said I was indifferent of Bobby Lashley right now. Now, 
he may end up having a great WWE return. He may impress the shit out of me. He may connect with the crowd. He may win titles. And I may turn around my views on him. But don't you fucking dare turn around and start throwing out the race card because we criticize someone who happens to be your skin color. You, my friends, are the ones who are racist. You, my friends, are the ones who see color in everything. I'm sorry. I've been defending Jinder Mahal the last 12 months. I didn't fucking take a step back and say, hey, you know, that sounds really, really good. I'm defending a Muslim. I'm defending a fucking guy. He's a wrestler. I could care less. And that was this was another thing. Right after WrestleMania, somebody sent me this photo that was floating around everywhere and wanted my thoughts on it, and I ripped this motherfucker to pieces. And I felt bad because he wasn't the one who wrote the article. He was sending a photo to me of what someone else posted that went viral. And you know what it said about WrestleMania? And this is, this is exactly what it said. Just wanted to take a moment from the wrestling jokes to say how incredible it felt to watch a WrestleMania that truly felt like everyone watching was represented. Just to put it all in in a list, we had a black guy win a championship, a black woman win a first women's battle royal trophy, a Muslim babyface, a special WrestleMania entrance featuring the local LGBTQ community, the company's first openly gay female star wrestler in the battle royal in pride gear, two Japanese Royal Rumble winners in matches as serious main event competitors, a one-on-one women's match as the best match on the show, a bigger female athlete as the babyface winning the championship as in the second one-on-one women's match, a guy of Indian descent winning a title, the first Indian woman to compete on the main roster, the first person since Hulk Hogan to main event four WrestleManias in a row being a Samoan guy. And you know what I said back? Don't fucking send me this stuff, all right? Because I don't fucking look at the entire roster and say, ooh, black person, gay person, Indian person, Japanese person, Puerto Rican person. I'm a fucking wrestling fan. I judge wrestling and what I like and dislike based on their talent, ability, charisma, promo, telling a story, whatever that is. I don't give a shit. In fact, I sometimes call the opposite. I don't want to see people out there simply because they're an Italian. They're a Puerto Rican. Oh, we have to represent every fucking demographic, so we'll put someone in there that's the drizzling shits just because that person fits in that. No. This is entertainment. All right? I know with commercials, now these days, three quarters of the commercials, a white person's married to a black person, a white person is engaged to a Muslim person, you go into a family, you see blacks, whites, and Chinese, they're all, all together, because they want to be inclusive, and they want to show that every, every demographic likes their product, I totally get it, all right, but when I watch wrestling, I want to see people on TV who deserve the spot, who earn the spot, who actually is showing me that they should remain in that spot. Not because this is the first black person to win this. And what does that say in the year 2018 that so many people are, oh, you know, because you know what happens with that list? You'll get someone to turn around and say, hey, how come there's no China? People representing China on there. Hey, how come you left this person out? But what the fuck? Seriously. So with all due respect to a lot of you out there, and I know this must just boil you inside and must eat you up like battery acid. I do not look at skin color, sexual, listen to the fucking recap from WrestleMania. 
Every single co-host was talking about Finn Balor and with the gay colors and everything like that. And everybody had a difference of opinion. And my opinion was, look, I think people out there are more disappointed that he didn't come out as Demon Balor instead of, you know, these colors. I don't think anybody was really upset because he's wearing gay pride colors. I think people just wanted to see the Demon Balor. All right. I, I defend people that are Muslim, black, gay, straight all the goddamn time. But the reason why all of you out there single us out and start with this shit all the time is because the first moment that I disagree or don't like someone that fits your race, your sexual orientation, you're this, you're that, you're this. Oh, I'm a racist. I'm a homophobe. I'm a this. I'm a that. I'm a this. Go fuck yourselves. Seriously, go fuck yourselves. And again, I know this is 95% of the audience. This does not apply. But the reason why I chose to talk about it on this show is because I know a lot of you out there that don't think this way. You see this all the time. You see it in politics. You see it in entertainment. You see it in real life. You see it with, with fucking police. You see it with this. And unfortunately, the color and the races and you can't, you got to stop looking at everything based on someone's sex, creed, color, religion, sexual orientation. Look at someone as a goddamn human being. I have said this so many times in the world of politics. There are people out there who don't want equality, who'll turn around and call everybody else a racist, who turn around and they'll say that they're the biggest activists for gays and blacks and this and that, and they do not not want equality. Do you know why? Because if everybody was treated the same, they'd have nothing to fucking stand for, nothing to fight for, nothing to fucking to heat up their cause. So they need the friction. They need the dissension. They need the separation because it keeps their voice active. If everybody fucking looked at everybody simply as one, how many voices would be silent right now? Think about that. So I know a lot of wrestling fans don't go that deep, but I know so many of you out there listening to this go through this every day. That's one of the reasons why I think Trump got elected when everybody thought that Hillary had a 98% chance of winning. I'm not saying this in any way right now is pro-Trump. I'm just stating a fact right now. Do you realize why they got the polls so off. The New York Daily News here in New York said that Hillary had a 98% chance of winning the day before the election. Do you know why they got it so wrong? Because there were so many people in this country that the minute they spoke out in favor of Trump, they were labeled a racist, a bigot, a homophobe, this and that. They said, you know what? Fuck this. I'm not going to tell anyone how I feel. I'm going to just keep my mouth closed. I'm not going to say who I'm going to support, but at the, 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 at the ballot box, I, that's where I'm going to speak out. And that's what happens. You out there that are going through this, you see that. And a lot of you out there are keeping silent when it comes to wrestling. There's a lot of people that said to me, wow, what? I fucking expressed a certain view about Finn Balor and I'm getting eaten alive by the LGBTQ and this and that. You know, people are afraid to speak how they feel because of this, this heated insistence on looking at everything based on color. And I'm sorry. 
I know this is going to sound nuts to longtime listeners out there, but I am. I look at color, sex, creed, religious, sexual orientation. I look at that probably one of the least amongst other podcasts out there. I kid you not. I swear to stack of Bibles. And I think that's why people throw that accusation to me because they know it would bother me. They know it would bother me because they know I, I am one of the least. Now, yeah, do I crack jokes? Absolutely. I absolutely, I also make fun of my own kind. And it's funny because when I do joke about Italians or when I do criticize white wrestlers from Zack Ryder to others, a lot of these people stay silent. But the minute I say something criticizing a black wrestler, boom, race card. And again, what baffles me more than anything is all I said Monday was that Bobby Lashley, I'm indifferent of him right now. Just indifferent. I didn't think that was bad. I, I got to see more. And you got to see the bullshit that went on. Now, the one thing I find funny is all the people that said, oh, he's got 5 million views on YouTube from what he did on Monday. Well, number one, did you ever think that maybe people also looked because of Elias? And number two, I'll throw that shit right out of the water right now. Impact Wrestling right now has Abyss versus Congo Kong on YouTube that's got about a million views. What were their rating last week? 250,000? Yeah, what does that equate to? Okay, they got a million views on YouTube. What, did they get a little bit of advertising revenue out there? And not only that, Bobby Lashley versus Brian Cage. All right? Brian Cage versus Lashley, a main event. All right? And that went longer than what happened on money. That only has 400,000 views right now on Impact. So when everybody wants to throw into my face, oh, Lashley's got 6 million views, 10 million views on YouTube from what happened on Monday, the fuck does that mean? What the fuck does that mean? A lot of people were curious. Fine. What does that mean? What does that mean? And I also have to say this, and we'll move on. I have all respect in the world for TV tracks, Epic Sports, and everyone else who supports what we do and puts clips online. But I need to emphasize that I don't run those pages. I don't know them. I never hung out with them. I don't even know their names. All right, we exchange emails once in a while. They ask me, hey, is it okay if I put this up and this and that? I'm like, sure, fine, whatever. Sometimes I ask them not to put things up. I don't even know the names. I know them by TV tracks, Epic Sports, and there's other places as well. But when they title articles or they title, you know, the clips that we do, I don't make those titles. So when... The clip was posted on Monday, our fans into Bobby Lashley, our WWE fans into Bobby Lashley. Notice in our two-and-a-half-minute clip, that was never discussed, all right? I never discussed fans with Bobby Lashley. I just gave my views on how I feel about Lashley right now, and all I said was I'm indifferent of it, all right? You want to ask me my feelings on fans with Bobby Lashley? I think that they're excited to see him return. I think he's, he has improved leaps and bounds from when he was in WWE. I said that he's probably going to be fed some plates of shit on, on WWE television simply because of the way that he left. But on the flip side of that, I will say that if this guy impresses right off the bat and gets, you know, momentum and gets a buzz amongst wrestling fans, WWE will eliminate most of those plates of shit. If at all, you know, he may not be fed any shit at all. Okay, WWE is all about making money. WWE is all about, you know, promoting. And if Bobby Lashley can really show from day one, you know, and look, it was the night after WrestleMania. Fucking Nicholas got a gigantic pop 
on Monday night. All right, everybody got a pop on Monday night. I'm not saying Lashley's not going to get a pop next Monday if he's on television. All I'm saying is is that I think people really overreacted a little bit too much about his return. And all I'm saying is is let's do a wait-and-see approach. Let's see how everything goes. You don't even know what kind of goddamn schedule that this guy has. I'm not saying that he has a Brock Lesnar deal, but he may not have... You know, a deal where you know he's you know got a full time schedule like a lot of other wrestlers. We don't know. Let's see where it goes, and then you comment about it. Now, let's segue right into Rusev. And what's cool about this episode is I legitimately have no notes in front of me. I do have some shout outs, but I have no notes. I'm basically commenting on a few things that went down in wrestling over the last couple of days, and I really needed to vent you know, about this Lashley thing and this racism and this, this and that. And most of what I said was just me as a regular guy talking to a lot of people out there. And I just reiterate once again, I know about 95 to 98% of you, that does not apply. All right, but I also know that a lot of you out there, and it doesn't matter if you're white, black, straight, gay, I know a lot of you out there, you you see the gang mentality that happens, especially on social media. You'll voice your opinion on something, and because it's an unpopular opinion, you are chastised and ripped apart, and you feel like you can't even speak out next time because you know you're going to get ganged up on and ripped apart. The the respect of just, you know, of... Uh, Agreeing or disagreeing with someone is is definitely lower than what it was 10, 20 years ago. What happened to just fucking, okay, look, I respectfully disagree with how you feel about something. You don't have to be professional out there. You could say, Don Tony, I think you're fucking crazy. I, I totally don't see that. I talk, But to turn around and fucking throw this, I don't, I don't think you understand how deep of an accusation you're putting towards someone. And at the same time, how ridiculous you sound when you do it. But it's disturbing to see so many people gang up and feel the same way. And just, you're not getting, I want to make this clear. You're not getting to me psychologically. You're not going to get me to change what I do and how I do it. You're not going to get me to like Bobby Lashley anymore. And for those out there that are going to say, wow, you know, you're probably going to hate Bobby Lashley even more because of the way people treat you. No. What you, some of you are doing out there, you're you're not going to phase me one way or the other. And how ridiculous would I be if I started really hating on Bobby Lashley simply because of you? I don't do that. All right. I'm not going to troll you and fucking shit on Bobby Lashley even more just because I know it gets under your skin. So you do not affect me emotionally, psychologically. All right, I will continue what I'm doing and I will express my feelings and I will never, ever fucking stop doing that, you know, as long as I'm doing the shows. And I just hope that some people take a step back and say, you know what? Yeah, I need to stop looking at everything as fucking black, white, straight, gay. This Look at people as human beings. It's what I do. And it's not hard. It's not, if you have it in your heart, then it's not hard to do. So now let's get to Rusev, right? For people I don't know, the greatest battle royal in all time that's taking place Saudi Arabia. You know, on a quick note of that, I have to say this. And I know this might be a little unpopular, but I'm going to say it anyway. Anybody out there look at this card scheduled for Saudi Arabia and feel to themselves what fucking king 
you know, what fucking trillionaire in Saudi Arabia is a wrestling fan? I mean, I know the the building itself is going to sell out with Saudi Arabian wrestling fans. I'm not talking about wrestling fans going. All right, they're going to sell out the building and they're going to make a killing, no pun intended, on merchandise and everything else. But what fucking Saudi prince or trillionaire out there must be a wrestling fan? I'm surprised Shawn Michaels has not come out of retirement yet to wrestle on this card. They got Undertaker showing up. They have Kurt Angle. Triple H is taking on Cena. They got the fucking 80,000 people in the Battle Royal. I mean, they're going balls out. Doesn't it feel like they're treating this almost like a WrestleMania? It could be on the WWE Network. This is an awfully big expense to do. So it kind of feels like the fact that they're really going. And, and let's be honest. Let's take a step back for a minute. Do you think they had to bring The Undertaker to Saudi Arabia? You think they had to bring Kurt Angle? Do you think they had to bring one-third of the roster that they're bringing over there? They could have brought more 205 Live guys. They could have brought some NXT people and still sell out that building and still have those fans in Saudi Arabia go home happy as a pig in shit. But the fact that they're going balls out like they are with this roster and this lineup... I don't know. I look at that and I'm like, hey, that shit ain't happening in fucking Louisville, Kentucky. That shit ain't happening in Trenton, New Jersey. That ain't happening in Albany, New York. They ain't happening in San Jose, California. But somebody is fucking really, 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 really financing this thing big time over there. It just feels that way. I could be wrong. but I don't know if any other people out there feel that way. But the big buzz, Rusev versus Undertaker. What the fuck are they doing with Rusev? That's what I keep reading all over again, all over the place. What the fuck are they doing to Rusev? Rusev even made a joke saying, bury me slowly, Undertaker. Bury me slowly. And I know that this carries over from WrestleMania. Rusev Day is tremendously over. Why is this guy not being given a break? Why is this guy not being given a title? Why is this guy not only losing in matches, but in tag team matches, he's the eater of pins? What are they doing? And a lot. I can't tell you. Out of everything that happened in the last three days, because remember, Kevin and I did the DTKC show on Monday. It's not even 72 hours later. So there's not a whole lot of things for me to talk about. And now, especially with the Superstar Shakeup taking place on Monday and Tuesday of next week, you know, obviously there's a lot more things that are going to change in the next couple of days. So it's very hard to talk about a few things right now. But um, so the most important thing that people seem to have wanted me to talk about this week was Rusev versus Undertaker, especially Rusev. And... My thoughts of it are like this. I'm going to look at it two different ways. First way I'm going to look at it is similar to the way I talked about Elias. Rusev might get drafted to Raw. Could could end up happening. Rusev might end up staying on SmackDown and then get a title push after this. All right? So maybe they waited until after WrestleMania to push Rusev, to push Elias, to push a few others. Then again, if you want to play devil's advocate right now, I am going to be very curious to see if WWE splits up Lana and Rusev on the roster, puts one of them on Raw and one of them on SmackDown. And I don't know what's going on behind the scenes. 
I know a lot of you out there don't know either, and that's what makes this so frustrating. One side of me, I, I have two sides of this. One side of me says maybe they wanted to wait till after WrestleMania. Now they'll start giving this guy a little bit of uh, uh, and look, this is sports entertainment. It's predetermined. All right, I get that. But as a wrestling fan, you want your favorites to win. I don't care if it's predetermined. You, as a wrestling fan, want to feel like you're supporting a winner. So I, I know we could say, hey, he's getting good paydays on TV, selling merchandise, making money, you know, be happy with that. No, you want to support a winner. You like Rusev. You're into Rusev. He's busted his ass. He's uh, reinvented his character a little bit. He got a phrase over. The people are into it. People are buying merchandise. You want a, this guy to win. I am 100% in agreement with you on that. All right. So I look at it that way. Maybe now after WrestleMania, we'll start seeing him, you know, get a little bit more uh, in the win category. The opposite side is you don't like it, Rusev? We'll quit and request your release. We'll grant it. I mean, they may not say that to his face and they may not write that in a memo, but by the way that they're utilizing him on TV, by the way they're utilizing him in events. You know, you show up to work every day and every day. You know, I felt like that tremendously, Chavito. You remember towards the end, and Chavito, being a professional, may deny this, and some others may feel, you know, that they are in agreement with me on this, and you may even disagree. But it felt like the way that they had him getting jobbed out to Hornswoggle and the way he was being treated towards the end, it felt like that they were basically saying to him, look, we don't want you here. You know, you want to, you want to leave? Just ask for your release. They didn't say that, but he ultimately was gone. Now with Rusev, I know some of your immediate, immediate arguments going to be, what are you talking about? He's over. He's selling merchandise. You know, why would they want him released? Well, you know what? <laughs> He's selling merchandise. Good. He's making money. They may still have no faith in him. They may still have a ton of resentment for what went down on TMZ that time in the middle of the storyline. We criticized the shit out of Rusev and Lana. And I'm one of their biggest fans. You know, they're not my, you know, my top five, but I'm a big fan. I've, you could go look at the clips in history. Other than that moment, I defend him quite a bit. I've had a lot of debates with Kev over the years of me liking Rusev and him just thinking he was a total waste, all right? And at that time, a lot of people were in agreement as well. You can't compare what's happening now what happened then. But the point is, is that, oh, good. They're making some merchandise and selling shirts. Good. You still want to leave? Fine. We'll get someone We'll we'll get someone else selling shirts. You know, those people pick up and put their money somewhere else. So I don't know which way it is, but I will tell you, I think the superstar shakeup is going to be a telltale sign. First thing I'm going to look out for is if they split up Lana and Rusev. That's the first thing I look out for. The second thing is, is to see maybe a month from now uh, where Rusev is as far as storylines go. As far as him versus The Undertaker overseas, I don't see anything wrong with that. Undertaker is in the twilight of his career. Deep down inside, something tells me that Rusev is probably enjoying the fact that he's facing the Undertaker. Do you think Rusev is going to lose any credibility for losing to the Undertaker in Saudi Arabia? I mean, seriously, John Cena just lost to the Undertaker in two minutes. Do you think Cena lost any credibility from that? No, 
So I have no issues whatsoever of Rusev, you know, going to Saudi Arabia to lose. If anything, think about the amount of work that's involved. He won't have to work a very long match. And not only that, look at the matches that Brock Lesnar has had at house shows in recent, you know, years. He's beat up people in a, in a minute or two. I think he even had a match with Rusev and beat him in a couple of minutes. You know, it it's I I I have no issue with him going to Saudi Arabia and losing to Undertaker and him being selected as the sacrificial lamb. But in the bigger picture, though, there's two ways to look at it. Maybe he'll finally start getting a little momentum now, or you'll see the writing on the wall, and basically it's WWE's way of saying, like, look, you want out? Out. Go ahead. Get yourself released. You know, you want to stick around? No problem. But you're filling the seat on. That's, that's the only two ways that I could look at it. I really can't look at it any other way. I want to shout out uh, our new patrons uh, that signed up in the last week. Majority of you were part of the WrestleMania predictions contest. Some others signed up to check out the shows. And it's a big list. And I want to thank you all for signing up. And much appreciation for everybody's compliments. And again, for you out there that really enjoy what we do, I don't, I don't think you have a clue of what you're missing on our Patreon page. And if you sign up... You know, in the next day or two, you could get in on the uh, silver and gold giveaways, depending on, uh, you know, which tier you sign up for. Manuel Brown, Freddie Frost, Darnell Eggleston, Alfredo Rodriguez, Daniel, Zania Berry, Michael Corvin, MMK228, Zach Hambry, Manson09, Augusto, Adam Godbolt, Christian Archiga, Archiga, Tabitha Mason, Paul, Joshua Clausen, Rob Fairhurst, Rudy Cham, Gino Felino, This Blanker, Hector Baez, Nick De Silva, or Nicholas, John Reynolds, Roel Pena, Ralph Jones, Dangleman, Mikey J. Williams, Farouk Khan, Anthony Angulo, Brian Tate, Jove uh, Miskevsky, Isaac Isaacson, Christian Medrano, Tejas Rikar. By the way, you hear these names? Doesn't it sound like a melting pot? It really is. It it truly is. I mean, and I'm and I'm not exaggerating when I say this. I think the majority of our listeners are of other demographics or other ethnic groups, or it's a good close to a fifty fifty split. But again, we just all look at everything as one family, and that's the God honest truth. I I don't like preaching like, oh, let's live in unity, and you know, remember that house song, house music song, Promised Land. One of my favorite fucking songs, and the lyrics to that song by was it Joe Smooth, one of the most beautiful songs ever written, as far as something to dance to and have great meaning behind it. You don't know what I'm talking. Go look at that. Look out for that. Fucking awesome song, Promised Land. Uh, Yardcore Bob, Ahey West, Tardell Swift, Charisma Singh, Lee Friel, Anthony Juice Giorgio. Yardcore Bob, Andrew Guevara, Mitchell Montgomery, Raymond Payella, Franklin Liggins, Dex Sukubi, Leo, Cool Guy Chris, Nomar, and David Torrance. And our new associate producer and sponsor, Chris Harris. No, I don't believe it is that Chris Harris. I know some of you out there are thinking right away, welcome aboard. Hope you stick around for a little while. I think you'll very much enjoy it. Um, SmackDown yesterday, (laughs) 
I had some fun on social media yesterday because it seemed like the last 72 hours, it seemed like so many predictions that I made would just happen one after the other, after the other, after the other. I made a little, you know, tongue in cheek remark on Sunday night, you know, that we talked about that the uh, next upcoming feud was Charlotte versus Carmella. And I just said, just ingest, you know, just fucking cash in the briefcase and win already. You know, like win the belt. I mean, because it's like, if you get a feud with Charlotte, I mean, how stupid does that look that she's feuding with Charlotte and then not cash in? The minute that Charlotte starting started to get that beat down here, the minute, the minute they came out and started having a confrontation, I went on social media and said, up. Oh, this beatdown is nothing more but for an excuse for Carmella to cash in and win. And that's exactly what happened. Carmella is your new women's champion. I hope all of you out there took notice of the crowd popping tremendously at her win. And that just goes to show you that wrestling fans will pop big time on a surprise, not necessarily the outcome. Because let's be honest, Charlotte is one of the biggest female talents that WWE has right now, one of the most popular. I know a lot of you out there still feel that Charlotte should be a heel and not a babyface. Fine, you feel that way. But Charlotte right now has a tremendous following amongst the wrestling public, and she is heavily, heavily cheered when she comes out. I mean, look, the love for her, Ric Flair, the family, this and that, I mean, it's it's across the board. So you see that go down yesterday, and you have Charlotte in the ring. Now, if they had any plans on having Charlotte turn heel, the most perfect way for her to do it is similar to what Mick Foley did in WWE many years ago. You remember when he was wearing a flannel, sitting in the middle, middle of the ring, and just berating the crowd and how the crowd reacted towards something that happened to him negatively? That would be the ideal way to have Charlotte turn heel on, on the fans. Sarah, all she's got to do is come out and cut a promo that I got attacked, I got laid out, and because Carmella ca- catching a briefcase, you're cheering. That would be the easiest, simplest way for her to turn, and it would make sense. It would feel suspension of disbelief that it's credible, and it would work. Now, people ask, what do I think? how, you know, it went down yesterday. I had no problem with it at all. The only thing that I could not stand was Mike Chioda. Seriously, that ruined it for me yesterday. I understand some people were trying to defend it by saying, you know, look, Carmella is teasing in a couple of times in the past, and Mike Chioda was like, are you sure this time is that? But, man, that dragged on 10 seconds too long. You hand the briefcase over to a referee and you say, I want to cash it in, ring the bell. The referee has no, and I'm talking storyline right now. The referee has no goddamn business to be saying, are you sure? Are you positive? Are you positive, positive? Pinky swear? Are you positive? Are you sure? The fuck was that yesterday? Watch that back. Are you sure? Are you positive? Are you, are you double, see, you're lying, lying, pants on fire. Are you sure? Are you positive? What the fuck was that? It went on for like 25 seconds. Ring the bell, ring the bell. Holy shit, who the fuck backstage thought of that? Mike Kyoto, you know, you know, for 30 seconds, I want 
the fuck was that? It sucked. It sucked. Mike Chioda's role in that yesterday sucked. It was stupid. It was dumb. And it was 10 seconds too long. I'm a stickler to detail. I, you know, we always say WWE is the big time. You see wrestlers who will wrestle 30 years for Ring of Honor, 20 years for, for TNA, Impact Wrestling, because it's not TNA anymore. I need to remind people that it is not TNA anymore. Sorry, Everyone out there, the next time you interview Anthem, ask Anthem, are you TNA wrestling in any way, shape, form, capacity? No, we're not. We have the library, but our belts don't say TNA. None of our merchandise is TNA. We own the footage. We own the rights. So, no, nothing. So, stop fucking pretending like it's still TNA just because it's the same people there and because it didn't change time slots and because the TV show is the name of the fucking championship now doesn't mean that it's TNA come on and, and for people to say well that's like saying that you're calling WWE WWF no it's not the same it's not the fucking same shit Anyway, shout out to our associate producers and sponsors. Don't forget tonight, Thursday night, Kevin Castle will be recording a show, solo show, Castle Chronicles. That'll be posted on uh, Patreon tonight, I would say, by 11 p.m. Eastern. Michael Cuomo, Merle Coombs Jr., Steve Spiniak, Daniel Warren, Razorback Rob, Adam Demoy, Anna the Gay Banana, Brian Byrne, Rob McCabe, Spider Lewin, Marcus Antonius, Frank O'Shea, James Deal, Crestman, CJ Uihara, Scott Woodford. Don't forget, everyone, on YouTube, check out TV Tracks. His channel has got clips of our shows. Solo Monster, who is a really, really cool guy. And, you know, my condolences to him once again in the passing of his mom. Tough, tough, tough. Absolutely tough. Um, you know, I saw some people that were trying to like, you know, crack jokes and like, how could you go to WrestleMania? Uh, listen, the closest person in my family back in 1991 at the time was my grandmother and she died. And I fucking went to Atlantic City the same night she died. And for everyone out there that questioned Solo Monster going to WrestleMania, I will stop for a minute and use that scenario. Do you know why I went to Atlantic City, the night that my grandmother died. I, I'll i tell you the exact reason. I was working for Chase Manhattan Bank at the time, working in their credit card collections division. My father called me up. He uh, broke the news to me over the phone because my mom, it was her mother that died. She was too distraught. And I drove from Garden City to my house, and it took about 40 minutes, crying hysterically, just like, you know, really, I mean, she was the closest person to me at the time. I loved my parents, but I was closer to my grandma than anything else. And my grandma's the one who got me into wrestling as a kid. So anyway, uh, she died suddenly of a heart attack. And uh, I don't want to get into the details as far as how they found her and everything. It was really, really tough. And I probably still break down. And this is, what, 27 years later? But anyway, um, you got to remember at the time, I'm in my, you know, around 20 years old just being able, getting ready to start the drink. And um, my uh, grandmother, you know, I wasn't driving all that long either. My grandmother never drove. And she's like, when are we going to Atlantic City? Nanny, don't worry about it. Nah, we'll go maybe next week, the week after, six months later. When are we going to Atlantic City? Nah, nanny, you know, I'm working right now. I got the girlfriend. No, no, we'll, I promise you we'll go soon. When are we going to Atlantic City? 
And she did that for about two years. And I kept putting it off and kept putting it off. And she fucking died. And I was crushed. I was absolutely crushed. And um, I remember talking to one of my friends that time. And I was like, I feel so fucking guilty right now. We never went to Atlantic City. And it was my friend who said, you want to go to Atlantic City right now? I thought he was nuts when he said that. And the first reaction was, are you fucking crazy? And then it hit me. I was like, you know what? No, my grandmother is not buried yet. The funeral hasn't happened yet. I'm going to go to Atlantic City. And when I went, I swear on God, it felt like she was there with me. And I ended up winning a small amount of money, but I made sure not to cash in a couple of poker chips. And I swear on my family, I went to the wake the next day. All right, we buried her with a Hulk Hogan figure in a casket. You got to remember, it's 1991. Hulkamania was still popular. She was a gigantic Hulkamaniac. She uh, believed wrestling was real up until the day that she died. And, um, you know, she was big into, like, scratch-off tickets. So we buried her with a couple of scratch-off tickets. We didn't scratch them off. So for all we know, they could have won money, and they're in a casket right now. But um, one of the things that I put in her hand also was the poker chips from Atlantic City. And I had a very private moment with my grandmother, and I said, I said, Nanny, we went to Atlantic City, and we won. I didn't win that much, $30, $40, but I put the poker chips in her hand, and she was buried with it. And I'm not crying right now. I mean, it's just, it's tough, but um, I, I went. So I went because I promised her over and over again, and also because it really helped me clear my mind. And WrestleMania, obviously, for us wrestling fans, is a really, really big deal. And I, I know for a fact Solo Monster will be the first to tell everyone that his mother would have said to him the same thing that my grandmother would have said to me if I was supposed to go to WrestleMania next day. Go, have a great time. You know, we'll, we'll meet again one day soon. Well, not soon, but one day. So I, everyone out there that just said that, I just... You, Way off. You're way off on that. So my condolences to Solo Monster, without a doubt. Rocked Reviews on YouTube as well. Very, very unique podcast. Another unique podcast is DJ Dells and their Sneaked Podcast. You can find him under the name Sneaker Addict. He's got a Patreon page as well. SubZeroComics.com for all your wrestling and uh, comic book needs, wrestling collectibles. Christ in the Toyverse has a podcast as well under the name Undercover Capes. Your Best Bargains, LLC. They have a store on Amazon and eBay. Skyhawks Wrestling Collectibles. I have to check the name because I think, if I remember correctly, the name of his store may have changed. I promise you all in the next show, I will have that uh, cleared up. And IsaacFox.com, as I plugged before, he's got a great site blogging about wrestling and lots more. Uh, Shout-outs once again, Toby Deshong, Jason Pratt, Josh Wilson, Mendingo Chamberlain, Billy Taylor, Danes Valdez, Lucia Dalban, Sean DeMarsh, Bob O'Mac, Tim Everhart, Anthony Arado, Julian LeBlanc, Jeffrey Collins, Matt Militia, Mark Israel, James Grusom, Jaron Bartolone, Anthony Smith, Alan, Alton Ahia, Aaron Kloss, Aaron Walker, Brandon Goins, Brent Webster, Asano Hashmi, Carlitos Ortiz, the Carrera II, Simon Hoodie Hood, Carl Buteau, a.k.a. Cheese and Rice, Tom Nelson, Courtney Summers, John Stern, Charles Lentz, Brandon Foley, Johnny Marin, Michael Westfall, Tygsy Bowers, Jerry Stewart, Chad Davis, Rich Diaz, Mitch Atkinson, John Krauser, and Diogo Nobre. 
I want to thank you all for your support as always. And uh, everyone out there, you know, the show's not completely done yet. Um, it is going to be a little bit shorter than usual because, you know, not a tremendous amount to talk about in the last three days. Um, but I wanted to really take some time to talk about those topics. I mean, I know, you know, went 20, 30 minutes, but we're having a real conversation. You know, we really need to start you know, realizing that, you know, you could be tough on YouTube. You could be tough in a tweet. You could be tough in a comment that you write on somebody's social media page. But you need to also realize that on the other side of that is a human being. So, you know, me, I could take it. All right. But I know there's a lot of people out there as well that are really, you know, having a tough time with this gang mentality that's going on. And a lot of you out there, I know it sucks for me to, you know, repeat this, but again, some of you out there really need to take a step back when you're throwing out all these allegations to others, you know, you're the ones in, in a lot of cases that are the, always bringing up color that always sees everything as black, white, straight, gay. No, no, that's not, that's not the way it's supposed to be. Of course, of course, in a lot of ways, gays and LGBTQ are mistreated. I see the controversy with the military. I see other things going on, all right? But the only way people are truly going to be treated equal is when you look at people equally. I have this guy, his name is Stanley, all right? And, and this is, I swear to you, this happened yesterday. If you don't like what I'm saying, you can hit the stop button. You know, I talk to you. I talk about whatever I feel like talking about. You don't like it, tough shit. I'm in my insurance office yesterday, I got this guy, Stanley. He's got that Rasta hat that covers the dreads. He's missing his front teeth. He's in his 50s. And what does he do for a living? He waxes boats, he details cars, and he cleans apartments and offices. And he's got insurance with me. His insurance is only 300 bucks a year because, you know, he really doesn't do much work. But I pay him to clean my office. He's gone to my house and detailed my cars in the past. And that's his only source of income. One of the nicest motherfuckers that I've ever known in my life. One of the coolest guys. Yesterday, he was in my office cleaning it. While he was there, one of my customers came in. This customer's wife works downstairs in the same shopping center as me. Remember her in a minute. So while we're here, a customer of mine walks in. He's Italian. He sits down. He's about 70 years old. He sees this Jamaican guy with dreadlocks and missing teeth cleaning my office in the other room. And he looks over me. He's like, is everything all right? I'm like, yeah. He's like, uh, that's Stanley. He cleans my you know, my office. He details cars. He's like, really? Is he good? I said, yeah, he's great. And I've known Stanley for about 15 years. So this guy goes up to Stanley and says, hey, uh, how much you charge to detail a car? She says, it depends on the car. So my customer had his Jeep outside parked downstairs because I'm on the second floor. So he's got his Jeep parked outside. And he's so Stanley says, what kind of car is this? This is a Jeep. So he says, I have it here. So Stanley's like, let me look at it. So they leave the office. And my reaction was, this customer is the cheapest motherfucker around. So he ain't paying Stanley no $75 or $100 to clean his detail, his car. But I was like, all right, fine, whatever. Maybe Stanley could get a, a job out of it. So they go downstairs and that's it. They come back up 10 minutes later. My customer picks up his papers and he says, I'll call you tomorrow. 
So I was like, okay. And I was like, that's weird because he came in for something and he didn't even get a chance to, you know, to ask me what he needed. He came back up. He picked up the papers that he had left upstairs when he, you know, before he went downstairs to show him the truck and he leaves. So after he leaves, I go to Stanley and I said to him, I said, wow, that's weird. I said, I don't even know what the fuck he came in here for. And Stanley's like, well, he probably left because of what happened with his wife. And I said, what happened? And he said that, while Stanley was looking at the Jeep with this guy, the wife came out of the store where she works as a, as a you know clerk, and she told him, what are you doing next to my husband's truck? She didn't see my customer. She thought that this was some Jamaican black guy trying to break into the truck. And, you know, the, the husband was, uh, I guess, on his other side of the truck, so they didn't see him. But the thing is, is that she immediately started yelling at him, treating him like he was a criminal. And this guy, his feelings were really, really hurt. And I told him, like, listen, Stanley, I was like, don't even fucking sweat it, this and that. And he's like, look, he goes, you know what the saddest part about it is, is that if that woman would fall or somebody would try to attack her, this guy, Stanley, would be the first person to try to help her if she needed help. But she immediately looked at him and considered him. And if you think that I'm making this up, I will quit the goddamn show. He only comes to my office every couple of weeks or a month, month and a half to do the cleaning. The next time he comes in, I'm going to fucking take out the cell phone, hit the record button and let him tell you the story. And you see if I'm exaggerating any of that. And I said to him yesterday, I said, Stanley, look, you know, I don't look at you as, you know, Jamaican. All that. You're a friend. You do a lot for me. I help you back because he needs the money. You know, he's a really, really nice guy. I don't fucking look at him as a Jamaican Rasta. Don't look at him like that. Anyway, some late breaking news. Actually, as I'm getting ready to wrap this up, I'm looking at some PMs that I get. I have a few people that uh, give me some insider stuff here and there. I don't know if it's been made public or yet or not, but this has to do with Rusev. Uh, he is out of the uh, greatest battle royal match with The Undertaker. Now, does this mean that Rusev's off the card entirely? I don't know. I'm doing the show right now. I could pause the show, do some research, make some calls, come back here later, but I want to get this shit up as quickly as possible. I got to get back to work. But um, from what I'm reading on this message that's sent to me, that expect Rusev to be replaced with Chris Jericho for the greatest battle royal event in Saudi Arabia. Now, um, for those that are going to ask me why are they making this change, look, Let's see what happens with Rusev the next couple of days. I think some people will overanalyze this a little bit. You know, Saudi Arabia is an interesting country as far as wrestling fans go. And what I mean by that, and I kind of touched on this Monday, is that if Roman Reigns is going to get a tremendous pop anywhere, it's going to be Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia is going to embrace everybody that appears there. Of course, if a wrestler gets on the mic and puts down the country and this and that, yes, they will be booed. But for the most part, they're just appreciating the fact that WWE is going to make the trip all the way there and not only putting on an event, but putting on one of the uh, more stacked cards that we have seen as far as outside of a pay-per-view. Um. I think some people get over and analyze it thinking that maybe because Rusev will be cheered no matter what, that they want someone who's going to be more of a, of a heel to co combat the undertaker. 
and maybe Jericho could fit that. Now, look, I just talked how they're adding these big names, and now you have Jericho showing up there, and he's taking on Undertaker. One thing I will say for certain, whether it's Jericho, Cena, Triple H, Kurt Angle, Rusev, Bobby Lashley, it doesn't matter who it is. Undertaker is not having a long match. I will be shocked beyond belief if it were ever to go past five minutes. And I don't even think it'll reach that long. So if anybody thinks that Jericho is going to have a much longer match because it's... No, I think, you know, it's just WWE decided to change things up. Um, I don't know if it has anything to do with with Lana, you know, speaking out on it, if it has to do with Rusev, you know, making that bury me softly brother comment. I, I don't know if if there's any disgruntled. I don't know. I don't know the reasons behind it. All I know is that WWE doesn't normally hype up a match and then almost immediately change it. And I'm not talking about Moolah and a battle royal name in this. I'm just talking about matches in general. Yeah, people get injured. Yeah, things could change. But not that quickly. I mean, it was only, maybe it was so much of an outcry of Rusev versus Undertaker that maybe WWE felt the, the change. But then again, you know, even if so many fans complained about Rusev being in this match, would WWE just change it anyway? Usually they stick to their guns because a lot of people have been complaining about Roman Reigns and they haven't changed a lot of their direction. And yes, I'm not saying that Roman Reigns and Rusev are on the same level of the food chain, but I think you know where I'm going with that. Uh, one last thing I wanted to mention before I go, and a lot of people you know, tried to throw their digs to me, and deservingly so. Fine, but and I'm going to give you an intelligent response back. A while ago, I told everyone that I was not going to buy into a lot of websites saying that Paige's retired, she's finished, all right, until I heard it from Paige's mouth or doctors or WWE or a combination thereof. And now with Paige retired, quite a few of you, some of you said it publicly, some of you emailed me. I think some of you were just afraid to, you know, how I would have responded or maybe how some supporters would respond. Maybe you're just afraid of, I don't know. But a lot of people said to me, hey, DT, are you going to admit you were wrong, you know, for what you said a couple of months ago about pay? And, I'm, and my answer is no, absolutely not. I'll tell you why I'm not wrong. Because I could have a friend of mine right now, you know, just in front of me, and he falls and gets hurt. And he could be in whatever profession that he's in. And I could look at him and be like, wow, he's fucking done. You know, or I could be in a local indie event and somebody falls and hurts themselves and his cat, he's done. All right. I need to emphasize that when Paige first had the injury in the match with Sasha Banks, okay. Um, first off, when they realized a couple of days later how injured page was some people behind the scenes basically did what you and i would have done she's done <laughs> she's done there was no medical basis behind that other than you know about the, the stinger and the numbness and this is an ad and she's had the neck issues you know you know look do they know behind the scenes their fellow employee more than we do as fans absolutely but still a lot of people jumped the gun at the time and just you know soon she's done that's it. She's done. At that time, it wasn't 100%. And I think it's only right 
that you wait for medical professionals to confirm that, yeah, your, your career is finished. For now, it is, it is finished. And from what I was told the last 48 hours is that Paige had more tests done very recently. And because of the outcome of those tests that she sat down with WWE and the decision was made that she is done and she can have this role as general manager and she took it. And that is why she now came out and made the speech. You know, when she won the title four years ago, it happened in New Orleans and it happened ironically or just coincidentally, I guess is a better word. That was part of this week in wrestling history's episode. That was a clip that I had that was planned and uploaded way before she uh, announced her retirement on raw. But again, you know, you see something like that, you know, if three, four months ago, people were reporting that doctors and physicians said that she is done, that's fine. But when you have this room, you know, the rumors, you know, uh, some unnamed sources backstage, no, no, that's reckless. Whether it ends up being fact or not, that's still reckless. You want medical professionals, you want straight from the person's mouth. And out of respect, you know, you want to hear it straight from the source. So, no, I don't take back what I what I said. And I think I was more responsible than a lot of other places. Just because the outcome ended up being the same doesn't mean that that wasn't careless way back when. So, no, I don't take that back. And, you know, I will leave everyone with this. A lot of you asked me my thoughts on Paige being general manager. I have no problem with it. My first instinct was, wouldn't she be better as a GM for the women's division Problem is there's two women's divisions. There's Raw and SmackDown. So if you put a women's GM on one of the brands, you got to do it on the other. And as of right now, WWE is not looking to have women be GMs. They don't want GMs for men, GMs for women. As far as empowerment goes, if you really want to dig even deeper, having a woman be the general manager over men as well is more powerful that just makes sense. But I want to remind everyone, she is not the only woman to have ever been GM in wrestling. So, you know, for everybody, it's like, wow, landmark, this is not, no, it's not. It's cool that they're keeping her and she's got another role and she's accepting it. And this will help her for therapy and the emotional trauma of not being able to wrestle anymore. This will help. And you look at, Page's history, some of the questionable things that have happened, and WWE putting this much support behind her, that should get, you know, I know Page has gotten a lot of criticism, and a lot of it deservingly so. And, you know, some people have questioned, you know, some of her looks lately, which I find interesting because, you know, one minute they're fucking crying at the storyline of Nia Jax overcoming bullying, but they'll laugh at Page's looks. I mean, Again, ridiculous. Um, you know, Paige has gotten a lot of criticism, and some of it deservingly so. But, you know, the fact that WWE is staying this much behind her and giving her this opportunity, I think it's much more than just a film coming out. I think uh, there's a lot more to Paige personally than any of us will ever know. And uh, let's see where it goes. Will it work? You know, it's funny if I came up here right now and said, you know, I'm indifferent about it. This, you know, I, I, I don't know. I'm not I, I'm not feeling it yet. 
you got people, oh, because she's a woman. And that's fucking sad. It really is. Me, I'm happy that she's got another role. Will it work? I don't know. All right, but all I know is, yeah, I take pride of being one of the bigger supporters of her uh, in her career. And, um, you know, I'm glad for everyone out there that likes it as well. I will leave you all with this. I expected many more people to criticize the decision of making Paige the GM. I honestly expected more of it. There was. There definitely was. And, look, you do it in a respectful way. You don't have to be prim and proper. I'm not trying to profess that. But if you do it in somewhat of a respectful way and you just don't like it or disagree with it, fine. But um, I expected a lot more criticism, and I was pleasantly surprised. As as surprised I was of the overwhelming appreciation towards Paige as the GM, I was that much not surprised when the fans popped for uh, Carmella cashing in and winning. In fact, I kind of regret not including that in my tweet when the beatdown first happened because I originally wanted to write, you know, that this beatdown feels like it's just so Carmella could cash in and watch the pop the crowd makes when she wins. I should have wrote that. I didn't. I won't get that chance again anytime soon and fine. But, um, you know, it's going to be interesting. The Superstar shakeup next week is going to be... Uh, telling for some wrestlers. We'll see where it goes. Um, But remember what we talked about, not just on Monday, but what I said a couple of months ago. This decision to have both brands on all the pay-per-views going forward is going to hurt a lot of the lower card talent. There's going to be a lot less room for wrestlers to compete on pay-per-view events, and you're going to see a bunch of releases coming. Uh, Who it's going to be? Only time will tell, but expect some releases. So, And that's kind of healthy if you think about it anyway. There's always turnaround in wrestling, but the uh, joint pay-per-views going forward is not a good sign unless they add the extra hour, whether it's a pre-show or the main show from time to time, which I know is not going to be looked upon in a positive way with a lot of people. I mean, you know, it's... Four-hour pay-per-views are long enough. Hour pre-show plus three. You'd start making the two-hour pre-show and five hours. It's a lot. It really is. I mean, you do it for WrestleMania. It's a once-a-year thing. It's exhausting. I mean, got to the point where I lost my voice, literally. But you start doing that on a regular basis, five-hour events, you got to really start turning people off. So anyway, with that said, I'm out here. I'm starting to ramble. So I hope you enjoyed this edition of Breakfast with Blasi. A little less prepared, I will admit. But again, because the DTKC show and the WrestleMania recap, those two shows combined was, what, almost four hours of programming. And that was less than 72 hours ago. Imagine if I would have did Breakfast with Blasi yesterday. You know, we would have had a lot less to talk about. But um, I just wanted to voice a couple of feelings about a few topics today. You know, not as I normally would. You know, in no way, shape, or form am I saying to the regular listeners out there, don't tune in, don't listen anymore. If you're a regular listener, you get it. You get it. You you know the deal. And I have no problem with anybody disagreeing with me on topics. And, you know, remember what I said about Lashley especially. I said I'm indifferent. That means I have no opinion right now. And I think let's see what happens. Let's see how it goes in WWE. If he does well, I will praise it. I will praise it. 
one thing you have to look back on is that any time that I did speak about Lashley and TNA over the last bunch of years, you don't hear me criticizing him all that much. Sure, I didn't praise him that much either, but you look at Impact Wrestling and before that TNA and, you know, there wasn't a hell of a lot to really like talk about and praise. If that was the case, everybody would be covering this stuff. There's just not a lot of buzz, you know, around Impact Wrestling right now. And it's a shame. The Alberto El Patron being let go, you know, let's see what opportunities that opens up for others out there. Austin Aries is doing a fine job as their champion. Let's see if they could bring some others to that level. So anyway, I'm out of here. Definitely send back your feedback. Always welcomed and and uh, asked for as long as it's done, you know, somewhat respectful way. Follow me on Twitter at Don Tony D. Email me Don Tony at DonTony.com. The website DonTony.com. Uh, Facebook.com slash DTKC show. Uh, if you like what we do and you want to help support us, keep the bills paid. And not only that, I mean, you're not just helping us keep the bills paid. We got Patreon exclusive podcasts. They're shows that are only heard on Patreon. Every other week, I do a show with Anthony Missionary Thomas of Wrestling Soup, which is called Breakfast Soup. We have almost 50 episodes there. Each show averages two hours plus. You have Castle Chronicles, which is Kev Castle's solo show. For everybody out there that is always asked, hey, when is Kevin Castle going to have a solo show? He's got almost 50 episodes in the bag right now, and he's doing a new one again tonight. So once again, patreon.com slash Don Tony. Got a lot of other stuff up there as well. Contests. I put up early releases of shows from time to time. Mass Maniac archive shows we put up there. I'm going to be putting up another one next week. So go check it out. And as I said, if you sign up before the weekend, you could take part in the uh, gold and silver giveaways. Basically, what are those giveaways? Like a little lottery contest, and we give away the prizes range between like 50 and 100 bucks. And, you know, if you actually pay attention to it, you know, um, how many people participate in these contests? About a quarter of our patrons. So, you know, you have a very good shot at winning some prizes on our page. And as you see, sometimes people win repeatedly. So, all right, everyone, I'm out of here. Your next edition of Breakfast with Blossy will be two weeks from today. Well, actually, two weeks from Wednesday, April 25th. I will return this coming Monday the 16th with your next edition of the Don, Tony, and Kevin Castle Show. Mish and I will record your next edition of Breakfast Soup next Wednesday the 18th. And uh, this week in wrestling history, I will put up your next episode uh, right after next week's DTKC show. All right, everyone, take care, be well. I'll catch you all soon. Ciao.